You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Monday edition. We've got a ton of football to break down from Sunday's action. We'll get to as many of the early games as possible, and then whatever games we don't finish today, part two of our review will hit Monday Night Football and uh, the later games from the Sunday schedule on tomorrow's program here. At BD Peacock at Williamson NFL, there was a trade as well, Matt. So I guess we'll use that to sort of dive in with a Jaguars football team that is uh, after picking number one overall last year, they feel like they're in tank mode right now, right? And they were kind of hanging with the Cardinals for the first half of this football game, and, and we'll get to the game in a second, but we've got to start with the big trade that happened Monday morning here with first-round cornerback from last year. One year removed from being a first-round pick. He hasn't been a disaster. C.J. Henderson is on the move. According to Ian Rappaport, the Panthers are closing in on a trade for cornerback C.J. Henderson, the details are this. Panthers tight end, who had a, he was having a nice little season, Dan Arnold. Maybe there's too much confusion between Sam Darnold and Dan Arnold. They're like, yeah, we, go, we can only <laughs> keep one of these guys. Um, Darnold or Arnold. <laughs> tight end, Dan Arnold, a third-round pick to the Jaguars for Henderson and a fifth-rounder. So you're only dropping from third to fifth, and you're giving up a, you know, a tight end, a, sort of a rotational tight end. He's not a superstar tight end by any means, but he's a good player. So... Carolina, obviously, with the injury to J.C. Horn from Thursday night, which was rough to see. They needed some cornerback help, but there's numerous teams around the NFL, Matt, that needed cornerback help, and for a guy as talented as C.J. Henderson, who has covered okay his his first season plus now, he's not a great tackler or anything, but this is a high-level player at, a, at an important position in the NFL. He must be a real headache because this is really cheap to let him go. And looking ahead, once Horn is healthy, if Henderson is anywhere near that first-round player that we saw last year in the draft, and I think he's still pretty close to that talent-wise with Horn, uh, it's a pretty darn good tandem of young cornerbacks. Yeah, I really like it. I mean, I don't know if there's, as you said, maybe he's a headache. I mean, is there more going on with this player because they were quick to get on, move on from him? They drew, they drove the Henderson car off the lot, and it lost like I don't know seventy percent of its value right right away. I mean, I'm not sure that that's um, you know, a great return on your investment. A couple nerdy things. I I am going to give the Jags a little credit for adding Arnold because we'll get to that game. They need to give their quarterback some easier throws. I, I mean, mm. maybe just somebody in the middle of the field against linebackers can help Lawrence a little, or draft the tight end high next year too. But I mean, at least they're addressing that situation. Um, and I also thought, man, I bet Carolina likes my guy, Tommy Tremble. You know, if they can move one of these tight ends, yes. Tremble really showed up. And I think you and I liked him a lot coming out of Notre Dame. Uh, he's a sneaky dude to pay attention to. And wow, you mentioned it. I mean, I think Horn is going to be a number one man coverage corner for his career. And now if Henderson's your two and you play a lot of man and they're already sacking the quarterback like crazy, this defense is pretty good and young and aggressive. I love it. Fantastic move. I, I like it a lot. And yeah, I didn't think about the Tremble angle of this thing. And you were definitely a big fan of Tremble coming out. And he showed some athletic rushing touchdown last yeah, week. So yeah. uh, he um, he's a nice little player. Stock up there. Maybe a, maybe a sneaky waiver wire addition for you in your fantasy football leagues. Dynasty for sure. Grab yes, him if yes. he's, you know, he might be available. 
How about those Jacksonville Jaguars? We already covered the Carolina Panthers Thursday night game, obviously, with the injury, and the, the Panthers are 3-0, and and they're in it to win it. This is a clear move for them to say, yeah, we're going for it. We lost a corner. We're going to add a corner. Uh, and obviously, Henderson's a, a player that can help them now and in the future. We'll find out more maybe if there's some whispers out of Jacksonville out of the locker room there what's going on with CJ Henderson there was some stuff in the offseason that we know about and you know at one point couldn't get out of bed or something Uh, but he was on the field and he was playing for them and and he's got obvious talent so we'll see how that turns out but the Jaguars are now 0-3 and even when they're in it we've seen it a couple games where maybe they're holding on and it's close and then the Cardinals pull away 31-19 it doesn't even look like it was close in the end when you see the final score the Cardinals now 3-0 the Jaguars now 0-3 James Robinson at least got a little bit more work in this game, so I think they kind of started to want to help out their quarterback, Leviska Chenault, with four catches. He was really busy in the preseason, and I think he's another one, along with the tight end position, that you got to start utilizing a lot more, and I think part of it is Trevor Lawrence trying to make some big plays, but uh, another couple interceptions. What is that, seven interceptions in three games now for Trevor Lawrence, and he makes some good throws and then some interceptions, and uh, the Jaguars, I just don't see where they're going to turn the corner right now, even though there's you know talented players on the roster. Roster. You just get the vibe, and then they trade away a guy for not that much. It just feels like they're in tank mode and collecting draft picks, and and it's going to be a little while. Oh yeah, without question, they're a really bad football team. Um, at least they took a lead into the half, and when this thing was competitive for a while, um, I mentioned maybe they're addressing you know by the adding Arnold, you know, getting Lawrence some better throws and layups. Um, you kind of mentioned it. I think that they at least got the ball in the right people's hands. You know, it's, I think they're finally realizing that Robinson's clearly better than Hyde and he's catching passes for them. Chark, Chenault, Jones. So they're distributing the football a little bit better, but that's not enough. And as for the Cardinals, I, I mean, some of these teams, when they start to turn the corner and realize they're good, they win games like this that are just kind of a business trip. Okay. Maybe we started slow went to a kind of you know hot environment and we're not used to playing this team. And then you realize we're a lot better than this crew. I mean, let's just, you know, play our game, let Kyler make plays, run the ball a little bit. You know, A.J. Green and Christian Kirk both went over 100 yards. I certainly didn't see that coming. And they're just the much better football team. Boom, the Cardinals are 3-0. Yeah, Hopkins banged up in this one, so they kind of spread the wealth a little bit in this football game. Kyler Murray, not – a great stat line with zero touchdowns, one interception, but it ended up throwing for 300 yards. And yeah, it's like 45 minutes of the game. You're still feeling the other team out. And then the last 15 minutes, like, okay, well, we're better than them. So let's just go win it in this way. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, though, taking a lot of heat for some coaching decisions. And they did need a, a pick six late from Byron Murphy that helped them out as well. Like this game, yeah. there, there was a little bit of a nail biter for you know, into the second half for probably Cardinals fans that are thinking, well, okay, what is going on right now? And I saw some like some really angry Cardinals fans at Cliff Kingsbury and until this game finally ended and the Cardinals were on top. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton else to add to that. You know, I mean, they didn't run the ball super successfully, but they still controlled the clock pretty well. I mean, Jacksonville turned the ball over four times. I mean, that team's never going to win if you turn the ball over four times. Yeah, you, you can't do that. And they might never. not win even if they win the turnover battle, but you certainly can't start turning the ball over as much as they have. So they got to fix that. Easier throws for Trevor Lawrence. Get the get the ball rolling a little bit, uh, maybe slower, chipping away on the offensive side of the ball. But uh, James Robinson, a touchdown. 
15 carries, 88 yards, and so they carried the ball 29 times in this game, uh, six of those from Trevor Lawrence. But yeah, you can kind of start to see where they're, they're, that's the direction this offense is headed. It's like, let's help out our quarterback. Let's not get him hit so much and uh, at least preserve him if we're not going to be winning a bunch of games. But I still think the future is pretty darn bright for Trevor Lawrence because I've liked a lot of what I've seen, even though he's throwing the ball to the other team more than he's throwing it to his own team in the end zone, that is. Yeah, and again, by no means am I dropping Lawrence's stock or, I mean, he's struggling. He's not getting much help from the coaching staff and those around him. And he's that worries me. The, the coaching staff front office situation that worries me. But uh, we got to move oh, on yeah. to some other teams yeah, here. How about yeah. this one? The Bills laying forty three points on the Washington football team. Forty three twenty one Buffalo over Washington. Josh Allen going off in this game, looking like his uh, MVP self from last year against a, a defense that we thought was going to be really good coming into this year. Four touchdown passes, three hundred and fifty eight yards passing. He um, scampered for another score. Scary when Buffalo is is hitting on all cylinders like this and their defense is improved. I think their defense is vastly improved and really has been one of the top couple units in the league. Washington's defense looks like it's taken a step backwards and is one of the more disappointing units in the league. And I still have high hopes for it, but I mean, zero sacks on how many attempts here you know uh 44 attempts zero sacks from that defensive line i mean that's what they're built on and um i really think that despite some early season struggles i think josh allen is back in a big big way and i mean this is a big picture thought but you look at this afc quarterback situation and we'll, we'll get to herbert versus mahomes here coming up at some point I mean, these three guys mixed in with the Lamars of the world and others, I mean, there are just so much talent at the AFC young quarterbacks right now. Then Allen's at the top of the list is, you know, is right there with everybody. And they haven't had the lean on Stefan Diggs overly, you know, a much, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, I think was my fantasy sleeper this week. He did well. Dawson Knox is stepping up, stepping up. They're running the ball a little bit. And not that Heineke came back to earth. I just think they played a, a tough defense. Yeah, and yeah, it, it was sort of a buzzsaw that Washington ran into. But I think just over the course of three weeks now at one and two with Washington, not quite ready for prime time. Heineke's not a, no. a player that's going to put a team on his back. And you look at just the rest of the offense, just, you know, nobody's doing much. Who's the number two wide receiver there? Because Diami Brown, the rookie who I like, is... You know, he he had two targets, no catches, one carry for negative four yards. You know, uh, that's just not going to cut it across from Terry McLaurin. So uh, there was the long touchdown from Antonio Gibson on the receiving side of things. But it's it's hard to see if their defense isn't going to dominate where Washington is going to go. And on Monday Night Football, we'll see uh, a couple other teams in their division that they're going to be battling with. It's just another a, a mediocre year in the NFC East, it's looking like. Yeah, yeah, and again, I mean, they didn't get a lot lot going on the ground, and I mean, I, th- I think that Washington is starting to get to be kind of easy to play against on offense, even though they have some weapons, the, the quarterback's not elevating them. Not that he's terrible, he's a really good athlete, he plays hard, but I mean, two picks and not much running game, I mean, so uh, Buffalo's just a much better team as well, it's kind of like that Cardinals conversation. All right, next we got to talk Justin Fields' starting debut for the Bears and how disastrous that looked. Uh, We had a near miss. We almost had a bunch of folks going out in the survivor pool, by the way, with Ravens, Lions, and uh, we'll get to as many games as possible here from the early Sunday slate on this Monday edition of Peacock and Williamson. 
an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app at the App Store or Google Play right now. Use our promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus of 25 cents per gallon on your fill-up. That's that's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Uh, just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catches here involved. So the cash back gets added right into your account. You can, you can cash out anytime to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card from Amazon. Just download the free GetUpside app and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. Still plenty of time to get all your bets in for the rest of this week's NFL schedule at betonline.ag. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest. And get a 100% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. Head over to the website, use your mobile device, your computer, whatever you got to sign up today and receive that 100% welcome bonus. There's news and odds on just about anything you can imagine, from football to basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Most people that I'm gauging around the internet, Matt, are pointing their fingers at Matt Nagy more than Justin Fields. I think there's a little bit of both to blame, but I'm, I was watching that game thinking, where are the rollouts? Get them on the move. Get them away from this pass rush. The Browns defensive line, I haven't seen this much domination in a while in a football game. The Browns defensive line dominated the Bears offensive line like something I've never seen. And this wasn't a situation where, oh, quarterback's holding the ball too long, maybe on a couple of plays. He had no shot. He had no shot in this football game. And Bears fans, I think, probably went to DEFCON 5 in worry mode with Matt Nagy, the offensive line, Justin Fields, and that entire situation this year is the Bears fall to 1-2, and two, losing to the Browns 26-6. to six. Wow. I mean, the Browns' defense has a lot of new pieces, and I thought in the first two weeks they weren't quite gelling. And they were really, really good in this game, obviously, led by Miles Garrett and four and a half sacks. But I don't know that I can remember an offense looking worse. You know, I mean, there's two sides to the coin. They didn't help fields at all. They didn't help their offensive line very much. It was just, you know, a lot of one-on-one blocking, not playing to his strengths. They only ran the ball for 46 yards, you know, with the fields and Montgomery combination. He could still only generate 46 yards on the ground. Only three and, rushes total for Justin Fields. I mean, he's yeah. even just scrambling. He should have more than that in most games. And I just I have huge questions about the game plan and how to use Justin Fields and how to get him on the move a little bit. Not even on the move as just a pure runner, but on the move behind the line of scrimmage and find some some time to throw the ball maybe down the field and make some plays. I mean, for those that don't know, he was sacked nine times, which is three more times than he completed a football. I mean, he had six completions and nine sacks. I mean, like, 
you don't see these things in the NFL. And on the Brown side, I just want to make sure I get it out there. I do think Odell being back, and he sat a lot of the fourth quarter because it didn't matter, is a real difference maker for this team. You know, I mean, they have a number one now. He looked good. He needs to stay healthy. We know they have the line and will run the ball. And now with Odell, it kind of completes the picture on offense. Kareem Hunt was all over the place in this game, too. Receiving the ball, running the ball, looks spry, the jump cuts all over the place, eight yards of carry. Um, Just, uh, yeah, he he was all over the place. And, man, what a one-two punch that is. So getting Odell back is huge for the Browns. And if their defensive line is going to – I mean, you're not going to get nine sacks every week. Four and a half sacks for Miles Garrett, two for Clowney. What I like from Clowney was when he gets those interior reps and just blows into the backfield because that's it's hard to block that guy with the burst he has off the line of scrimmage. Just line him up in a straight line pointing at the quarterback from the interior. I love using Clowney like that. And and he showed up early in the game. A half a sack from the rookie – Awusu Koromoa, a tackle for loss, a pass defense. He was all over the place. He got a start. I love seeing him involved, and I don't know how they stole him in the second round because he's a stud. There was a half a sack from Malik Jackson, a sack from Ronnie Harrison Jr. Uh, let's see, Tack McKinley getting involved with the half a sack. I mean, just total domination up front. Yeah, and Garrett will bump inside too. I mean, and he's a, he's obviously the straw that serves a drink. I mean, this is a nice uh, nice little thing to put on your resume for maybe Defensive Player of the Year when that comes around. I'm glad you mentioned that with Clowney because Romeo Cornell used him that way a lot with Houston or even a yard off the line of scrimmage in a two-point stance on the interior. He's not a refined pass rusher. He's not a bender. But he is a disruptor. You know, I mean, he's just a bull in the china shop wrecking whatever's in front of him, point him in one direction, whether it's run versus run or pass, and just sick him. And he just beats up whatever in his way. Post-game press conference from Nat, Matt Nagy didn't give me much confidence either. Uh, I, I think we're on coach firing watch, to be honest, after what I saw there. Like, that was just not – no confidence – in Matt he might Nagy. go first on the list, though. It's yeah, he he's top of the list for sure. And you got the yeah. Lions next week for the the Bears. If they look like that against the Lions, you get a different coach in there for your young quarterback. Basically, I might pick the Lions. <laughs> I haven't looked at next year, next week's even Lions or who's playing who, but they could lose that one, and that might be the end. Oh, wow. Man. And well, and here's the thing: in this game, it was sort of like the Jaguars game we were talking about. Like even with how bad things were going, they were hanging on, and the Bears' defense was playing okay early. And this game was close. Yeah. It wasn't really yeah, but- that much of a blowout until late in the game, and it was just like, man, they just could not get anything going, especially when the Bears went one-dimensional. Because every time Justin Fields dropped back, there was someone in the backfield with him. Yeah, and I'm sure Stefanski knew at an early stage, though. That offense is not going to hurt us today. You know, I mean, they're, they didn't do anything to help their quarterback. They didn't do anything to help right. their offensive line. You know, I mean, I hate the term. I kind of like the term coaching malpractice. I mean, because these guys work hard. But, right. man, I mean, they were overmatched, and it started with the coaching. Yeah, a couple sacks from Mack, a couple sacks or one and a half sacks from Robert Quinn. Like, the, the Bears' defense, uh, I really like. Jalen Johnson there at cornerback for the Bears. Like, the defense handled their part. The offense was a huge problem for the Bears and that offensive line. So um, we'll move on to some other games here. Let's go to the Ravens and Lions. Speaking of those Lions that are taking on the Bears next week, that was close. It took literally something that's never happened in the history of the NFL for the Ravens to come out of Detroit with the 1917 victory, a 66-yard game winner as time expired, bouncing off the crossbar. I mean, that was a wild game, and some Peacock and Williamson Survivor Pool players, 
big sigh of relief there. There was at least 30 folks oh. that had the Ravens, I think, this weekend. Uh, that was a near miss. This will be the the kick that you see when Justin Tucker gets initiated into the Hall of Fame. I mean, I have mixed feelings about kickers and specialists in the Hall of Fame. He's the best I've ever seen. He's the best ever. He's an unbelievable weapon for the Harbaugh Ravens for such a long time. And I mean, <laughs> field goals aren't the the best thing to see on Sports Center, but can you think of one better than this one? Doinks off the crossbar, goes in as a record from this guy as the kicker. And I'll be honest, I mean, I kind of stopped paying attention to this game at one point. Like, ah, the Ravens got it. And, I mean, I think if people are aware of me now that I, I have this Lions and Texans theory that they don't go away easy. And I give them, the, you know, they kind of held up. The Lions kept <laughs> chugging along and Swift is a good player. And even without Hawkinson doing much, uh, they don't go away easy. They do not go Away. Lamar Jackson, leading passer and leading rusher. I think that's where I'm pointing to this Ravens team. It's like, okay, Tyson, like, who, they're going with Latavius Murray now, apparently, over Tyson Williams. Tyson Williams had five carries only in this game, and he was he led the backfield in week one. Uh, Latavius Murray, seven carries. Then Lamar Jackson was the leading rusher, the only one that really got things going there. Uh, things weren't really going great in the air for Lamar Jackson. and it, They leaned so much on Lamar Jackson, and he's taking more hits. Like he's, It's such a frenetic game every time now with the Ravens. Uh, I, I'm getting a little bit worried about the recipe for the, the Baltimore Ravens right now. I am too. Um, the positive is I like their pass catchers better than I thought. Andrews had a really nice game. Watkins has been a success. Marquise Brown's been really good now for half a year going back to last year, and Bateman's looming. But Jackson is still asked to do too much. The protection's not wonderful. They haven't settled on a back. The defense is a little disturbing, too. They don't rush mm -hmm. the passer as well, and their formula doesn't work quite as well without Peters in the, in the equation. So I feel like the Ravens are searching and to be honest, I mean, this is a little Steeler-ish, but they probably should be 0-3. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, can you imagine be. how we'd be talking about the Ravens if they don't make two huge plays, the Tucker field goal and the, the strip of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? I mean, they're dangerously close to 0-3. Very dangerously close. So, yeah, definitely uh, on the worry meter there for the Ravens. But they pulled it off, and they did beat a team they were supposed to beat 19 17 next we've got some really good division matchups to get into Matt Colts Titans Chargers Chiefs Ooh, uh, there's uh, <laughs> Saints Patriots I think we'll have time for so uh, that's coming up next on Peacock and Williamson folks does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game live another that lets you stream your favorite shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends login for the good stuff well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. Uh, it's called Direct Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows, whatever you want, all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and the mess and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. Um, you can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. 
There are always interesting new flavors at Built.com. I love when I get a package of Built Bars because they're delicious. They are high in protein. They are low in calorie. They are low in sugar, and they're a perfect snack on the go. If you skip breakfast, which I do often, just grab a Built Bar when you're walking out the door. Need to fuel a workout. Double chocolate, coconut, coconut, almond. I'm always surprised by it, but there's a lot of coconut lovers out there. So if you're one of them, apparently the coconut flavor is the way to go for you. But yeah, I always lean toward the peanut butter brownie, which is only 180 calories, 19 grams of protein in that one, and only 5 grams of sugar. Raspberry Built Bar, only 130 calories with 17 grams of protein and only 4 grams of sugar. Go find your favorite flavor of Built Bars at Built.com. And get 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Just like we all expected, Matt, the 3-0 Broncos and the 3-0 Raiders, two games ahead of the 1-2 Kansas City Chiefs in September. Wow, the Chiefs fall at home to Justin Herbert and the Chargers 30-24. What do we take of this? AFC West with the Chargers or the Chiefs now in last place, the Chargers at two and one in third place. Yeah, I mean, Chiefs losing two in a row is headlines galore. I mean, that doesn't happen. Hopefully, Coach Reed is all right. He went to the hospital after this game, and that's a little concerning, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, I mentioned earlier the amazing talent of young quarterbacks in the AFC. That was on full display, and I thought Herbert was awesome in this game. Um, Mahomes didn't play bad. The Chiefs turned the ball over four times. I mean, that that's really the difference here is the turnover differential was minus four in, you know, the Chargers' favor. Um, I thought both offenses were quite good. I'm very worried about the Chiefs' defense. I mean, it's been a problem start to finish this year. But Kansas City actually ran the ball a little bit. I thought that was encouraging. Uh, Edwards Hilaire got to 100 yards. I mean, I didn't see that coming. Um, second week in a row, Tyreek's been a little quiet. You know, I mean, I know he plays a massive role, even if he's not catching passes, but Mike Williams is turning into a star in a very quick amount of time as a true X type receiver. And then Keenan Allen moves the chains time and time again. It's a good formula for the chargers. And I think there was a quote about how Mike Williams was going to be there. Mike Thomas. In that offense, right, in right. the offseason, it's like, well, no, nah, he's a downfield guy. You know, he's not a target hog type of player. And lo and behold, three weeks in, they're treating him like Mike Thomas, right? He's yeah, that's exactly. exactly how they're using him as a big bodied player. And, and I like that they're getting um, Keenan Allen some deeper targets as well, because it used to be so skewed and like just short for Keenan Allen and his, his average, you know, still pretty low and he's, he's, he's much better in between the numbers and, you know, getting the short stuff and that's how good he is. But, um, and Mike Williams still making some big plays down the field as well. But, um, wow, they're, they're, they're sp- spreading the wealth there. It's not such a stark difference in, okay, you do this one thing only and you do this one thing only. And, and I like that. And I like that for Justin Herbert too. That's a great point because both are highly talented. Allen's a great player. Williams is an early pick. And they did have really defined roles before this year. And the new coaching staff realized, well, we can be harder to play against if we mix it up and use Williams like Thomas, as you said. That's great. Um, Quick question for you. If I were to give you your choice of the Chiefs 
or the other three teams in the West to win the division, are you tempted? <laughs> I, I, I'll play the numbers just because there's a head start and you get three teams. But I would not blame anybody if they took the Chiefs in that bet. I still. think I like, still I would. still, like, you know, and, and maybe there's a nice little... Um, a nice little bump you can get in those odds to bet on the Chiefs right now today to win the West, which is not a terrible bet if that's the case. And I haven't looked at betonline.ag and see what those look like for the AFC West division winner right now. But I bet it's a lot better than it was odds-wise before the season started. Yeah, I mean, the division is very, very impressive. You mentioned the other two teams. Uh, I'm enamored with what the Chargers are already and can become. You know, Derwin James left this game. I meant to mention that. Derwin James left this game. I'm like, oh, no. It came back, so you know maybe luck is turning around a little bit for the Chargers. And I don't think it's panic time or even time to worry for the Chiefs, but the division they're in makes us tough. And I will say, I mean, we are so fortunate, to my original point, to watch Herbert Mahomes twice a year, yeah. maybe more, for what, the next 10, 12 years? I mean, that's awesome. Absolutely, and that's big for Staley's defense. Uh, I love the guts of going for the fourth and nine, which I wish they had a miles per hour on how hard – Justin Herbert threw that fourth and nine pass. Um, Uh, Four touchdown passes to go into Kansas City. That is a good sign for the Chargers and Justin Herbert. So good vibes all around. And by the way, you mentioned the turnovers. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr., rookie corner for the Chargers with his second interception now in three games as a rookie. He's been really good. Nice pickup. They've drafted pretty well lately. And and Slater's a star at left tackle as well. Yeah, they're, they're in good shape. I like where this franchise is at. The Colts fall to 0 and 3, losing to the Titans in Tennessee 25-16. Uh, the Titans improved to 2 and 1 on the season. This was uh you mentioned earlier sort of a business trip situation. Carson Wentz banged up but did end up playing in this game. Didn't look great. 19 of 37 passing, 194 yards, no touchdowns, but no interceptions. Um on the other side Tannehill, you know, threw a couple picks but had some touchdown passes as well. He wasn't leaned on a ton Derrick Henry was his normal self 28 carries 113 yards and the 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 Titans just kind of handled business and and put on some points late to make sure they won that football game yeah it's another one I didn't watch a ton of but they were clearly the better team um they also massively won the turnover battle is or lost the turnover battle and it still didn't matter I mean they turned the ball over three times opposed to zero for the Colts and still won this game pretty handily. I mean, it just showed to me that they were clearly the better football team right now. You mentioned Wentz. I don't know if he shouldn't have played or is that just who he is now? I I have a hard time wrapping my head around what Wentz is as a player right now, but most of it isn't good. Um, Tannehill was, you know, efficient enough, but did throw two picks. A.J. Brown injuries won the monitor, though. I mean, he didn't catch a pass in this game and left pretty early. Yes, uh, two big injuries on both sides. Quentin Nelson oh, yeah. injury, carted off the field, and then A.J. Brown on the other side. Those are massive players for both teams, and, and especially with Nelson. like You start to worry about that Colts offense because they're not running the ball. Maybe the most no. disappointing first-round player in fantasy football drafts is Jonathan Taylor right now. Um, and, and it's not because he got injured. He's just not really producing. Yeah, there's not much running room. Their 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 weapons aren't helping things. The quarterback isn't helping things. The line isn't what it used to be. Pittman seems like the only one that produces, but he's not like changing the games or taking things over. I mean, 
Colts are in a bad spot. They, they really are. I mean, 0-3 is really tough to climb out of, but that division's awfully weak. Yeah, uh, it, you, I think the Titans can roll to a division championship right now. Their biggest yeah, competition's so. 0-3, and, and at 2-1, and I don't have a ton of confidence in the Titans going far in the playoffs, but the path is just wide open for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're sitting pretty, and a lot of it's just – fortuitous luck for them you know just where right. they sit and, and they're not a bad team i'm not cutting on the titans at all but i don't think they'd be top 10 in my power ranks right now the new orleans saints at two and one beating the one and two new england patriots 28 13 mac jones had to drop back and throw the ball 50 times 51 times to be exact through three interceptions and man uh, how rough has it been for the rookie quarterbacks to start this season with all the Brutal. fanfare and the five first rounders and uh the, the one that looks best is probably trey lance because he hasn't played very much he's only played five snaps the more snaps these guys are playing the worse they're all looking yeah and uh, belichick was furious and it's funny, my, I reference my son a lot. He watched the press conference of Belichick, and he's like, I know Belichick's always miserable, but I feel like he's almost just had enough. And when he said that, I'm like, you might be right. I mean, I thought last year took a lot out of Belichick with all the, you know, Brady left, all the COVID, you know, exemptions, and now you're starting over. And he's been doing this a long time. I bet he's looking at things like, maybe this isn't as much fun as it used to be. I'm just totally guessing. And right. reading that guy's body language is like reading Emperor Pal- Palpatine's. I mean, how do I know? But you're right. Mac Jones is like the one rookie that has been unscathed a little bit before this week. And then, boom, he's out there throwing the ball 51 times against a good defense and looking like a rookie, as all these guys have. Um, nice win, nice business trip for the Saints. You know, I mean, well-coached team that has their share of issues as well. So um, I don't have a lot to take away from this. I tend to lean towards both these teams aren't really contenders and are sort of held together with duct tape and, mm-hmm. you know, it would buy great coaches. Be- better better hope for the Saints, I would think, especially with yeah. uh, what's going on. And, I mean, the Panthers are rolling right now. I mean, that, that's going to be a tough division anyway. It is. So uh, the Patriots and the Saints looking up on teams in their division. I think the Saints just have more bullets team-wide than the Patriots do. And there hasn't been quite the bounce back overall for the Patriots roster that I thought there might be. And offensively is going to be a problem for them because not a huge amount of playmakers. They're developing a rookie quarterback who's not the type of guy you're going to, you know, obviously he's going to put the team on his back or anything yet, even though he might have a really nice career. He's a rookie quarterback. Um, And it ended up being like when Mac Jones is your leading rusher, you know, when you're you're, like, that's not a good situation because they're just in comeback mode the whole game. And a Bill Belichick team who's, Running backs carried the ball, what, six, seven, eight, ten times? 2.9 yards per carry, and that's with the quarterbacks 4.7 yards per carry helping out. So not a great situation on the ground and up front for New England, who's uh, looks like they're going to be undermanned again this year. I thought it would be a, a better roster and a better situation overall for them. Yeah, yeah, me too. I expected them to be a 10-win type of team, and maybe they'll get it figured out, but they're in transition. I'm glad you mentioned, mentioned the Rose. I mean, if the Patriots don't run the ball well, they're not going to get much going on offense. Only 49 yards as opposed to 142 for the Saints. And really, you know, both these teams' yards per play were very low. Both of them were just barely over four, which is bad. 
but New England couldn't run the ball, New Orleans could, and New England turned the ball over three times, and New Orleans didn't. You know, I mean, that's kind of the story. Yeah. And actually, when good Jameis shows up and is not throwing the ball to the other team, and, and he's he, only, he only had to throw the ball 21 times in this game, and, and Camaro was a big part of the offense, um, you know, running in and in, in receiving the ball, and Marquez Callaway, like the offense just has to hold their own or not screw up and turn the ball over because the defense is still pretty good. You got Lattimore, you got the rookie Paulson Adebo over there who's been a nice find for them uh, in the third round. C.J. Gardner-Johnson's a do-it-all player. You got in the backfield, sack, tackles for loss in this game as a slot guy slash safety. You still have Malcolm Jenkins and veteran players like Cam Jordan, um, Marcus Williams. So still still a pretty darn good roster on the defensive side of the ball and they have a good offensive oh, yeah. line. So that's going to allow the Saints to... Um, to not really, you know, bottom out at all, even if they don't get the greatest. I mean, you know, you go from a Hall of Famer to James Winston, maybe there's some hiccups there, but I think the Saints are going to be okay. Yeah, and I really think we'll look back after 17 games ago. Week two was a real blip on the radar, not at home. The whole team had COVID. Every coach had COVID. You know I mean? Like, I think that's not who this team is. And you're right about Winston. I'd love to see him with Michael Thomas for 10 games or so, you know? And, right. You know, give him something. I don't want to spend a lot of time on the Falcons Giants, Matt. I don't know if you have a big takeaways in this one, but it was ugly and it was a game that I did not want to watch much of. Um, the Falcons and did I win it with a field much. goal, Young Waiku, <laughs> 17-14. So what's your hottest fire take, Matt, on the uh, the Falcons versus the Giants? Not a good sign that the Giants at home couldn't beat the Falcons, who I thought the Falcons might look like one of the worst teams in the league for the first couple of weeks of the season. It's funny, I mentioned, you know, watching games with my son yesterday, and he's like, did you realize that Koo hit a game winner? And no, I didn't. (laughs) Like, there were so many other things I was paying attention to. This is a game I probably watched the least. I will do more homework on it, I promise, Atlanta and Giants fans. I mean, I absolutely will. But, man, um, it wasn't very eventful on first glance. It's not like wow, I feel a lot better about Atlanta now. Maybe they're turning a corner. I, I didn't see it that way. Um, they're using Cordero Patterson a lot. Great. I mean, New York is still struggling. New York had some early injuries. Slayton, Shepard, I think that screwed them up a little bit as well. Um, man, again, I, I don't have a lot to take away from this one. I will do more homework on it, but it was probably the least eventful game of the year of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah. I think that's enough said about that game right now. We'll go a little bit deeper to these teams as, as time goes on and, and preview them for next week, but, um, good win by the Falcons to come, to come back and, and win that football game, 17, sure. 14 and try to salvage their season. But these two teams, um, I, I just don't like the direction they're going at all. How about no, this? How about the direction that, five, maybe. Right. <laughs> how about the direction that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going right now? The Cincinnati Bengals oh, are, boy. Wait for it. First place in the AFC North, Ben Roethlisberger. My biggest takeaway from this game, Roethlisberger is looking a little old. And, and you, had, you had said That's that. Terrible. Like, you you had warned us all. And, and I kind of wasn't ready for how old he's looking. He's looking very old. Looks terrible. The offense is utterly miserable. I mean, I have pages. I just wrote, I think, like 3,000 words on this game. I have so many stats, and they're so bad. And they don't even tell the story. I mean, the ball either comes out so early because he doesn't want to get hit and, you know, and everyone's keying on that, or he tries to extend the play like he used to. And that's a miserable situation because frankly, he can't, there was one play. He just basically like fell over. I mean, it's on Twitter right now where, I mean, he like, 
this looks like a non-athlete. The arm comes and goes. They, they threw the ball to Najee Harris 8,000 million times, which I thought was actually sort of encouraging. You know, I mean, he had 19 targets. Claypool had 15 targets. Um, I'll talk about the Bengals in a minute, but the Steelers' injuries are ridiculous at this point, too. I mean, they're getting hit super hard, and some of the guys that are playing, like the Joe Haydens of the world, maybe shouldn't. I mean, they had six really good defensive front players, and they played with two of them in this game. And then they were, you know, Ray Ray McLeod played 47 snaps at receiver after injuries. But injuries are no excuse for how bad they played. I mean, since he was much better than them, Joe Burrow didn't have to do much, but he was very efficient. Jamar Chase with another big play. Mixon was the foundation of the offense. But the Cincy D is pretty darn good. I mean, they have a, a rotation of defensive tackles and defensive linemen I really like. And their linebacker, Wilson, he had two picks in this game. He's had a great year, Jesse Bates. So they have some names you guys don't know, but since he's moving the right direction on defense, they spent a lot of money on that side of the ball. Lately. The <laughs> So Najee Harris, the lean receiver, caught the ball 14 times in this game. Uh, yeah. And it was such a such an obvious Roethlisberger trying to get the ball out of his hands. Like to, even when it was late in the game, they're trying to, 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 to come back in that game and it's fourth and 10 and he's still like checking the ball down in the first two seconds of the play that play was to Najee Harris right it's like okay right. I, I guess that's where the offense is going here right I mean it's not much different than last year the you know, line's really bad uh, I mean it's it's all a work in progress and I'm not blaming just one guy but you do see you know top 15 top 18 I'm not talking about Mahomes quarterbacks in the league that can make those around them better and overcome some hardships that are bound to happen in the league and number seven for the Steelers ain't doing that anymore although a nice fantasy day for Najee Harris in PPR leagues when you got 14 catches and 100 yards receiving and that's to go on top of his you know paltry 40 yards rushing on the day Jamar Chase what he's gonna set a record We're for the most on Harris my, my stat that I kept quoting around here in, in Pittsburgh was of the 32 backfields going into week three the Steelers' backfield, which is entirely Najee Harris, had the fewest touches of all 32. And I'm like, what on earth is going on here? He's the first-round pick on this guy. Well, he got his touches. He had 19 targets, and they gave him the ball in the run game. And he had some nice runs that came back from holds. And, I mean, penalties were bad. I mean, but Chase is a star. We'll get back to him. Oh, yeah, Chase is his catch-to-touchdown ratio. He's going to set a record this year if this pace stays up. Yeah, I mean. Half his catches are touchdowns. They didn't have T. Higgins. I mean, Chris Evans caught two short little dump-offs early in this game, but Boyd and Chase were the only ones other than that that had more than one target, <laughs> you know, and they both only, you know, it, I mean, it, it's it's crazy. I mean, like, they didn't weren't asked to do much at all. The Steelers just played so bad, and the Bengals said, thanks, we'll gladly squash you, and they are the better team of these two right now, without a doubt. So are would you say that they are a contender those Cincinnati Bengals. Neither one we, of these teams is a contender. Neither is. Okay. I mean, I, I feel like I'm bashing the opponent, Like I, and Raiders fans blame me for that too. But if the Steelers would have played, I don't know, Green Bay or your team, I mean, they would have lost by 40 in this game. Well, to add uh, insult to injury here, th- this is the response from Westy, who's a listener and a Bengals fan, and he tweeted at me. He said, um, please give Matt my condolences. And he sent along a photo of what looks like Joe Burrow 
kicking a Heinz ketchup bottle that's animated in an, in the nuts. So <laughs> that's uh, that was for you, Matt. I want to pass that along for our guy Westy. Yeah, not good, not good at all. And the vision's <laughs> really hard. I mean, the Steelers could be in for a very long year. At last, I mean, I kind of mentioned this. I mean, they're they're so built on the defense that if the defense is awesome like it was against the Bills, they'll compete with any team and have terrible offense. Mm-hmm. But it, when you lost Bush and Hayden and guys like that before, and especially four-sixths of your defensive front that should be really, really good, they just can't. They're not built to, to handle it. They can't and the, it. the recipe to win with a great defense is still you got to have a good offensive line to run the ball a little bit, and the Steelers a aren't little, able to do that. Right. No, no, they don't help the team at all. I mean, I mean, some of the stats in this game are mind-boggling. I mean, the Steelers ran uh, total plays, 42 for the Bengals, 77 for the Steelers, and they lost by 14. <laughs> like that's hard to do. Yeah, that's crazy to win time of possession and, and lose that the, by that much. You ran seventy-seven plays and scored ten points. Oh man! Um, all right. Well, we'll move on to next or tomorrow's episode, and we'll hit the Broncos shutout of the New York Jets, Raiders, Dolphins. Big news there in the AFC West: Rams, Buccaneers, which was a good one. Uh, 49ers and Packers in prime time, which was another good one. Vikings, Seahawks, and review Monday Night Football, which should be a lot of fun as well. An NFC East matchup of the Eagles-Cowboys. All that tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.